Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you will find insight analysis and the story behind the numbers. Hello and welcome to the State of the Economy podcast. I'm Jyoti Datta. During the COVID lockdown many of us may have used online channels to get our medicines. And we saw that again recently when Delhi shut down in a sense all deliveries during the G20 summit except for essential services like medicines. And yet, an uneasy calm prevails over this young industry segment that is seeking regulatory clarity and even legitimacy in some sense. So today we have with us Darmil Seth to explain why he thinks online pharmacies are important in the healthcare system. Darmil is a co-founder of PharmEasy, a familiar household name these days, but today he speaks for digital health platforms that represent several online pharmacies including 1MG, NetMeds, Practo, Amazon Health and Flipkart Health for example. Thank you for being here Darmel. Thanks thanks Jyoti. So um you know the discussion on e-pharmacies it veers between calling for an outright ban to regulating the industry but how do companies like your own describe yourselves? Are you all e-pharmacies or e-marketplaces for medicines online channels could you explain? I think all of us are online platforms which are improving the communication and connectivity between the pharmacies and patients today majority of the offline industry or offline pharmacies also operate on a home delivery business and but naturally a patient who is not keeping well cannot be expected to go out and walk around or travel around for checking which pharmacy will have their medicines available it is always a representative a family member or a friend or a caretaker who's actually procuring these services on behalf of the patient now as soon as we scale you know to the entire country and look at a macro picture we need to you know formalize this entire care delivery as a as a subject uh, be it consultation be it medicine delivery be it diagnostics all of these need to be regulated in a format where online platforms are helping connecting with the services with patients now what we do is as simple as act as an intermediary between the patient and the pharmacy now in some cases we might own pharmacies some companies might own their own pharmacies or some companies might be connecting with existing brick and mortar stores to scale faster better now that's that's the model it's as simple as connecting patient with a pharmacy now you know people are used to ordering on call via whatsapp uh, this is just one more channel of communication and that's about it the benefits are that we are absolutely compliant every transaction is against a valid prescription there is complete track and trace of every transaction not just on the patient side but also on the supply chain front so there is a lot of authenticity that comes into play while these models develop and scale up which is good for the sector at the same time we are also improving access and availability for the patients today all the pharmacies or online platforms for pharmacies they operate across the country 
people from 19,000 PIN codes use these services every month across all the platforms. So it's a valid, legit service, which is being validated by number of users who are using the service. At the same time, there are a lot of inherent benefits that come along with these platforms, which improve the regulatory environment of the sector as well. So what you are saying is that you have both formats. You do have companies that have their own pharmacy uh, and, and pharmaceutical um, operations and there are those that work in connecting these two yeah and for over the years i mean you know the segment has been around for a few years now although you're still young but there have been concerns from not just traditional chemists but doctors as well that the online channel makes it easier to buy medicines that may be restricted otherwise prescriptions are abused medicines are abused and so on so how would you address those concerns i think uh, what you're highlighting is an industry problem. It's not an online problem. Let's say, for example, I have fever. I walk into a nursing home or a, a doctor's clinic. Is there a regulation to produce an Aadhaar card before consulting a doctor? No, right? I can go there and say that I am Ajay Sharma, for example. Doctor will write on the prescription Ajay Sharma. No one's going to validate my identity. The problem starts from there. Now, once the prescription is produced, the second leg of, I would say, non-compliance is today you walk down to any pharmacy, uh, you know, you can buy medicines. And without a, I don't remember, you know, the last time when I had to produce a prescription to buy medicines in the offline format. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, in one of our high court cases, the judge mentioned that uh, in her 50 years of uh, experience, uh, she's never produced a prescription to buy medicines in India. So that speaks volumes about how, you know, the entire compliance works in this sector right now. Now, if you're able to buy medicines without a prescription, there's no adherence of whatever rules we have today. And if at all, you know, one is able to, or ask for a prescription in the offline format then there is prescription shopping which is already a problem which today i can go to 50 doctors and generate 50 prescriptions there's no identity mapping with doctor consultations and prescriptions created that's the industry problem now if we have to do that if we have to solve that problem now if you agree with me then it means that the problem that we are talking about exists in the offline format in a much larger scale and volume than in the online format. Online is hardly 2 to 3% of the industry, which means that the 97% of this issue exists in the offline framework. Now, if we have to solve this problem, we have to solve for the industry and not for online. That's what at least we feel. I'm sure the regulators know about this and they also have this view. But yeah, it's an evolving uh, discussion and the regulators have been very supportive and uh, understanding about this issue. And we are trying to you know, find a solve around this. Right. You make a very strong point there. So the other concern raised again uh, by traditional chemists are you know, they call for a level playing field. And what they say is that 
you know, they are covered by laws governing the storage of medicines, prescription keeping, licenses to operate, etc. They cannot give the kind of discounts that online pharmacies give or they cannot advertise like you do, for example. So what would you say on that? There is already a level playing field with respect to compliance. It's not that the fulfillment that we do is not governed or regulated. In fact, we have one more level of compliance, which is ensuring all the records, all the transactions, all the data, all of that is safe and secure as per the data protection bill. Also, the fulfillment happens through an offline pharmacy and they are already governed by the Drugs and Cosmetics Act. They have to be compliant. And obviously, there is an excessive pressure on compliance or there is an excessive uh, view on whether the online platforms are compliant or not. So there are more visits of regulators to these uh, fulfillment centers or, or partner pharmacies. So they have to be extra careful. They have to be compliant. So anyways, I would say that we should be asking for a level playing field because you try and buy a medicine from any of the online platforms. You won't be able to procure a medicine without a prescription. Now, that's a you know big friction when you think from a consumer standpoint that you have to produce a prescription if you want to buy a medicine. Now, you walk into any offline pharmacy. Just yesterday, I bought something from an offline pharmacy. It's pretty convenient. Just go there, tell them what you want. You'll get it, finish. That's not a level playing field. We are at a disadvantage. So if level playing field is... Uh, under discussion, then, you know, let us also be non-compliant if that's the case. Second is talking about discounts. I think we give anything from 0 to 20% depending on what kind of discount or margins are available for the partner retailer. If the retailer decides that, yes, I have 30% margins on these products, I am happy to, you know, part with 15% discount. If they don't have 30%, if they have about 22%, they give 7-8% discounts and that is visible on all our online platforms. Now, online platforms, the advantage of the business model is that we are able to cross-sell, upsell. We're also doing diagnostics. We're also doing consultations. So the retention of the patient is what matters. And if economics makes sense, the platform will run. Otherwise, you know, one fine day, the business will shut down. Now, you can't say that shut down a multi sort of uh, multi-category store, uh, something like a shopper stop, just because they are stocking more or they have more brands or they have more services. It is a disadvantage to a plain brick and mortar store who's just selling clothes. Now, it's a business model. You can't have a bias against a specific business model. If that's the case, then, you know, you are going against the very right of equality of running a business, uh, which is mentioned in the constitution of the country. Uh, I think it's unfair if people are saying that uh, they don't have a level playing field. In fact, it's the other way around. Right. So just to be clear, Dharmil, things like, uh, you know, antibiotic resistance are also, uh, you know, often brought up. Are drugs like antibiotics or prescription drugs... Um, you know, sold on online platforms? Uh, are these prescription-driven? Is there care taken on these things? Absolutely. You know, if a user has registered on the platform, 
at least on our platform, there are 19 checks that are done on the user and the prescription. Uh, when was the last time they ordered something? Is the prescription valid? Is the dosage still valid? Have, have they procured enough to fulfill their dosage already? Uh, and so on. Uh, and these checks, I'm sure, are there on most of the online platforms. And we are happy to sort of create a, uh, you know, a sort of a framework which operates not just for online, but also for offline. Again, you know, I would bring up the point that it's an industry problem. If antimicrobial resistance is a problem, then do we want to focus on solving for 2% of the industry problem or do we want to focus on solving for 98% of the industry problem? I would say that, you know, if at all, and the solution lies in technology, we cannot do away with digital platforms if we want to solve for these things. A lot of countries that have online pharmacies, they also have gone a step further in the last few years and have started creating identity-based transactions and identity being tracked on transactions. So, so as to uh, ensure that there is no antimicrobial abuse or drug abuse or you know any of those issues now drug abuse as a subject any drug that has a potential to abuse we have already identified these things and already have a ban on these things these products we do not sell those products on the online platform whichever medicines require a prescription will not be sold without a prescription so customer will have to produce a prescription and if they are buying more drugs than prescribed, then it will be blocked on the platform. All these checks and balances are already present on the online platforms. And it is easy to manage the reconciliation of what has been bought versus what has been prescribed, etc. on online platforms. How do we ensure that there is an industry solution for this? Do we have an industry solution at all? If at all we have to do it, if at all we have to solve for it, we will have to bring in more digital platforms, use more technology to ensure that these things do not happen. So the answer lies in using technology, not being regressive uh, and saying that we'll shut down these platforms. That cannot be the answer in my view. So again, you know, with digital platforms like yours, you have medicines, you have diagnostics, you have doctors all under one roof. So you're sitting on a lot of personal patient data. So who owns this? How is this protected? So there is a very detailed data protection bill that has been proposed and we are absolutely compliant to that. The data belongs to the patient unless there is a consent which is given to use the data and that too not in a format where any patient details are shared or done away with. Uh, there is absolute adherence to the Data Protection Act or the bill that has been proposed. And all the online platforms have been following the guidelines which have been laid down by the government on this. And we are happy to actually adhere to any more sort of stringent checks or any audits or any guidelines to be followed to ensure that the data is safe and protected. At least I can watch for this for all the online platforms. All the data servers are located in India. The data is in India. None of the platforms are using the data or selling the data, uh, any of the patient data. 
the patient data is also sort of encrypted and stored in a format which is uh, safe and secure now the same thing if you look at you know there is data in the industry as well in the offline format do we have guidelines for that if we have guidelines are we following that do we know whether retailers are keeping the data safe and secure or not again you know do we have an industry solution there've been of course over the years a whole bunch of litigation now we see a whole bunch of consultations that are happening with government what happens now i mean uh, how do you think that the new drugs and medical devices and cosmetics framework needs to look at the entire online pharmacy healthcare segment it's it's been a long journey uh, we've been in touch with regulators since uh, the very beginning which is in 2015 the top to the highest sort of technical bodies for this sector which is dtab and dcc drug consultative committee and drug technical advisory board uh, both of them have done enough consultations with stakeholders enough deliberations within the group and also understanding this space not just in india but also the industry existing in other countries and they had come up with a model uh, which was then translated into a draft guidelines for online platforms which was released in 2018 now post that i think uh, there were maybe other priorities for the government or the ministry uh, which was taken up and then covid happened during covid it was sort of validated that you know you definitely need uh, online platforms uh, which can deliver Uh, healthcare services at home it's the need of the hour patient convenience accessibility should uh, trump over anything else in fact in one of the calls with startups uh, prime minister modi also applauded the efforts of e pharmacies in the country uh, i think there is enough validation from a consumer standpoint there is also enough validation from uh, the regulator standpoint in point in case being let's say the special permission given to e pharmacies during covid and as recent as the g20 summit uh, in delhi uh, e pharmacies were a part of essential services and were allowed to uh, deliver services during the g20 summit so there is enough validation from a consumer regulator and the stakeholder standpoint the top uh, technical bodies of the this sector has also sort of given a go ahead on this or at least you know they've guided uh, on a framework for what should be followed i think once uh, you know we have these consultations in place uh, we will also have a point of view on what should be an industrial solution uh, should not be just uh, a a solution for a specific sector or a specific uh, uh, channel uh, because you know if we are going to be biased for a particular channel then you know uh, tomorrow in future there might be few other or 10 other channels which will come up and are we going to sort of be channel specific and ignore or have a bias against the channel or are we going to be uh, having a progressive view which will uh include uh, all the channels uh, and all the formats of models uh, for a specific sector which is actually beneficial for patients so 
uh, i think patient benefit should be viewed as p0 priority and everything else can follow from there i i, I think uh, the recent uh, consultations with honorable health minister and uh, honorable dcgi uh, were quite uh, fruitful uh, they have taken up uh, views across the sector from online offline uh, other shareholders as well uh, this is helping uh, them as well in order to understand how the sector is evolving and how will it look like uh, in the future so we expect some uh, movement in this direction uh, after these many years and in fact we are the ones who've been pushing the government and uh, we've had about 30 to 40 stakeholder conversations so far and the thing that we always have been uh, pushing for is that you know we are happy to be regulated we do not want to be a free rider uh, or we do not want to be looked at as irresponsible players because this is healthcare and we are very serious about this it's a serious industry we've been there uh, since the last 8 to 10 years and we would want to be there for the next few decades as well uh, it's not that we are irresponsible we want to be looked at as responsible players who are validated and licensed or governed or regulated by the relevant authorities and uh, stakeholders uh, and that will also bring in a lot of compliance adherence uh, trust from the patients and the regulators which will just help the sector to uh, alleviate uh, you know a lot of uh, elevate a lot of uh, you know good practices and ensure the overall uh, sector improves on uh, uh, good practices yeah let's truly hope that we see a resolution soon enough with that we come to an end of this interaction darmin thank you so much from the business line team and myself for your insights thank you thank you